God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. I have to admit that in my three and a half years here in Chicagoland, I've not yet visited the Chicago Botanic Garden. I've been to a Cubs game, been to a White Sox game, been to the Art Institute a couple of times, even swam in Lake Michigan, but I've not yet made it to the Botanic Garden. Mea culpa. And I actually do love the, to visit botanic gardens and arboretums. I don't, I don't have a green thumb. I don't really know my plants or trees or anything like that. Um, but I love seeing the variety of Florida. And I especially like uh, places that have different kinds of gardens, like an English garden or a Japanese garden, a rose garden, the like. And some places even include a, a desert garden with cacti and, and succulents. But an artificial desert garden in an arboretum doesn't even come close to capturing what you see in a real desert, uh, the vastness, the openness, even the danger of a real wilderness. For that experience, one has to actually travel to a desert to see this uh, barrenness that almost threatens the senses. In a real desert, there's an expanse that includes a starkness. I think it creates a context sometimes of even disorientation and dissonance, even a distortion of reality. And that seems to me to be the very opposite of like cozy. You know, like when you're cozy, you know where everything is. You're sitting on a couch, you have a blanket, a warm drink, a book, a movie, a friend to chat with. Everything is in its place and you feel safe and secure and relaxed. A desert wilderness is not like that. There you're exposed and vulnerable out in the open in some kind of vast inhospitable expanse. Lent is sometimes envisioned as a desert. Our nave aesthetic has been arranged by our nave aesthetic team to evoke a sense of that barrenness, that starkness, even this desert sort of mentality. Uh, our meditations in Lent on our own sinfulness, incline our hearts to keep this law, or our own mora mortality, remember that you are dust, might lead us to see ourselves as having wandered quite far into the wilderness. Even our psalm this morning uh, calls to mind our, our mortality. For he knows whereof we are made. He remembers that we are but dust. The days of man are as grass. He flourishes but as a flower of the field. And so we may even wonder, am I alone in this vast open desert? Is there anyone here with me? Is even God with me in the midst of the wilderness? Our Old Testament lesson takes us to a scene in the wilderness, perhaps a familiar scene to many of us. One with Moses, tending his father-in-law's flocks in the wilderness beside Mount Horeb. For Moses, this was literally the wilderness. I went ahead and Googled some pictures of Mount Horeb, and like it's pretty vast. It's pretty barren, pretty open. Definitely a place where one might feel a sense of vulnerability and exposure. And not only was Moses in the midst of physical vulnerability out in the wilderness alone with the flocks, we all know the story that comes before in Exodus 3. Moses has fled his own people, the people of Israel. Uh, he's fled the people who's raised him, the Egyptians and Pharaoh's court. And so here he is in isolation from his people, isolation from his home, isolation from anyone else. Moses is truly alone in the wilderness. And yet what I think this scene reminds us of is that Moses was not 
actually alone, and in fact, we are never actually alone. For the almighty God of the universe is with us in all places and at all times, even with us in all the deserts we might find ourselves. Exodus 3 says this, There the angel of the Lord appeared to Moses in a flame of fire out of a bush, and, and he looked, and the bush was blazing, yet it was not consumed. We often refer to this as the burning bush uh, story, the burning bush narrative. Uh, the Orthodox Church calls this the story of the unburnt bush, which I, I kind of like. Moses says, I, he need, I, need to see, I need to see why the bush isn't burning. So literally, it's not a burning bush. It's, it's on fire, but it's not burning. That's the cool thing about it. But if that weren't enough to see a burning bush that it's not actually burning, God calls from out of the midst of this flaming bush. It says, Moses, Moses, calls Moses by name. And Moses responds simply, here I am. And to my mind, this simple exchange here presents a, a profound picture, maybe even an archetype, of a potential way that we have for engaging with reality. On the one hand, we can engage with reality by, by seeing ourselves alone and vulnerable in the wilderness. Or on the other hand, we can engage with reality by seeing ourselves as not alone, but in the presence of God, to whom we simply say, here I am. And these two options here affect the way I think we can you know, engage and operate in the world. When I feel exposed and vulnerable, living in the desert, I operate with like an anxious haste. I feel like everything's on me, like I've got to figure it all out, like I've got to make something work. When I feel safe and secure, even cozy, living in the presence of God, I can operate with a, a relaxed confidence. It's like not, everything's not on me. I don't have to figure everything out. I can simply say to God, here I am. But I think there's something subtle about the reality that's being described here in this passage, which is that God's presence with Moses was there even before he noticed it. Moses wasn't out in the wilderness here looking for God. He didn't call out for God. Moses wasn't on the hunt for God and then sort of like a magic genie, sort of ta-da, he popped out of the bush. The bush was already burning with the presence of God even before no uh, Moses noticed it. God was already there, and so God's presence was not dependent on Moses. God was with Moses as he was wandering in the wilderness. And all Moses had to do in this instance was simply to be open, to be open to God, to simply recognize God's presence and say, here I am. In fact, later on in the passage, I think we see that God's being with Moses is, is, is just all that Moses wants. God gives Moses this great task to, to go and liberate the people of Israel and, uh, from the Egyptians and lead them to the promised land. And Moses' response in verse 11 essentially is, I can't do that. I'm a nobody. To which God responds in verse 12, I will be with you. And isn't that all we kind of want in life? If we have something difficult to do, some challenge, whether it's wandering through a desert or facing up to some powerful authority, we just don't want to go it alone. And so God seems to be telling Moses, yes, I'm giving you this great challenge to face, but you're not doing it alone. I'll be with you. 
And the latter part of this passage this morning, I think, provides something of a, a grounding for uh, extrapolating from God's presence in the unburnt bush to God's presence in all locations, even those locations we find ourselves in where we have to face something challenging. It sort of gives us the how with respect to God's presence with us. Verse 13, Moses says to God, Well, if I come to the Israelites and I say to them, The God of your ancestors has sent me to you, and if they ask me, What is his name? What am I to say to them? And God says to Moses, I am who I am. Thus you shall say to the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. Now, this passage has spawned no small amount of theological and metaphysical speculation. It's super provocative for the philosophically inclined for God to give his name as I am who I am. So I just offer one angle on what I think this name of God connotes in this context. Which I think what God is trying to communicate to Moses by revealing his name in this fashion is that God's presence is a steadfast presence, a constant presence, an immediate presence. In the context of the wilderness here, God informs Moses that Moses' own safety and security need not be found in Moses' own power or efforts, but rather in the presence of the Almighty God who is with him. The God whose name is I Am, which communicates steadfastness and constancy and reliability. Which I think is what we're looking for when we have a companion to join us in something difficult. These are the attributes that, that we want. I don't want to face a challenge with someone who's flighty or unreliable. I want to go into it with a rock-solid person, which God reveals in his name. When he says he is I am, I think he is saying that he's not just rock-solid. He's rock-solid as the grounding of all reality. And I think in this, this sort of metaphysical statement, this statement about the foundation of the universe, we can even find the encouragement that the psalmist tries to grasp at, tries to communicate in our psalm this morning when he writes, the merciful goodness of the Lord endures forever and ever upon those who fear him. How can the psalmist make such a bold claim? Is this just some nicety? No, rather, God, the almighty creator of the universe, is and is with God's people, with those who fear him. And in God's presence, God's merciful goodness, God's safety and security is present with his people. So in this scene, we've seen Moses go from isolated wandering in the wilderness to realizing that God was with him, and, and with him even in facing such a stiff challenge as the liberation of the people of Israel. I don't need to get too allegorical, but it, but it seems to me that we all frequently wander through our own deserts and wildernesses. We seemingly pop from desert to desert, searching for an oasis, searching for someplace cozy, someplace safe. I don't know if this is just the human condition in general, or if it's just sort of like modern life, but I feel like more often I'm in a threatened place, a threatening wilderness than sitting on a cozy couch. And, and this, of course, has these implications for how I feel like I need to engage with the world, trying to figure it all out, making it all work. How can I relax in the presence of God, the God who'll be with me as I face whatever he calls me to face? But this scene reminds us, and trying to remind myself as well, that God is. God is fundamental. God is the foundation and grounding of reality. God is who God is at all times and in all places. And God's presence with us can turn a threatening wilderness into the securest, cozy couch 
So I don't, I don't know what all your wildernesses are, but this scene leads me to believe that, like with Moses, God wants to tell you that God's going to be with you in the midst of whatever desert you face. Maybe your wilderness has been this pandemic that maybe is moving to endemic. Who knows? Well, God's been with you, burning in his bush the whole time. Maybe your wilderness is, is your own illness or the illness of someone you love. You, you wander through the wilderness of doctor's offices and hospitals and treatment centers. God's there with you. Maybe your wilderness is turmoil at work, be it from tense relationships or the recognition of feelings or financial strain even. God's there with you. Maybe your wilderness is suddenly and explicably losing a job that you've been building toward for years. God's there with you. Or it doesn't even need to be a dramatic wilderness. And we're bombarded by constant little deserts all the time, even just little moments of feeling isolated, alone, threatened, insecure. Even in the midst of these deserts, God is there with you. In Lent, we uh, intentionally set ourselves up to think about our sin and our mortality. And in so doing, we may feel ourselves wandering a bit far into a desert wilderness. This can be good and it can be helpful, but let's also use this opportunity to recall that, like Moses, we're not alone in the wilderness. God is with us. God is calling us. God is reassuring us of his presence with us. And may we, like Moses, simply open ourselves to God and respond, here I am. Amen.